Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast where hospitality and travel professionals learn how to earn the media spotlight. My name is Hana Lee. I am president of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning public relations agency in New York City. And I'm Michael Anstendig, editor-in-chief at Hana Lee Communications and a food and beverage writer. As a journalist myself and Hannah as a PR professional, we understand the power of media coverage and its impact on someone's career and business. That's why we launched our podcast to help our industry rebuild and rebound by interviewing top journalists who share their insights and tips for gaining the media's attention. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with David Kaplan. David is Performance Marketing Editor and Interim Brand Marketing Editor at Adweek. It's one of the industry's most respected weekly advertising and marketing magazines. David worked as a media reporter there from 2001 to 2004 and returned in October 2020 in his current role. Hi, David. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. You too. So this is the first time we're interviewing a journalist from an advertising and marketing publication. And we are so honored to have you. Yeah, we're very excited to learn what goes on behind the scenes at iconic publications like Adweek. Tell us about Adweek overall and what sets us apart from other marketing publications. I really think the idea that Adweek as a legacy publication at this point, um, this is my second stint at Adweek. I was initially there 20 years ago uh, when I had been transitioning from my first kind of real paying job in, in journalism as a writer of the exciting world of municipal bonds. And I just thought, oh, advertising, you get to cover everything, wouldn't be bored. So that was the appeal there. And when I started, Adweek was kind of an, an upstart. It was only 20 years old at the time and had been competing against the the 100-year-old, almost 100-year-old Ad Age. And there were a few other smaller B2B publications, but Adweek had really started, started to establish itself then. And now it is definitely this you know major pillar in the advertising and marketing industry as a trade publication. And, you know, since then, it's been competing against, you know, these much smaller smart startups, such as, you know, everyone has a blog now, everyone's got a sub stack now. And where, and I think Adweek has really been able to bridge that gap of still being this, this kind of startup mentality in a way, even before there were startups. And so it's been able to, it has, you know, the blogs covered, it has its own family of blogs, including agency spy and 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 things and other blogs like that um and i think that's still part of its it you know its dna and its and its sense of itself and in terms of speaking very directly very quickly but also very much in depth and from this this establishment perch so it's a kind of i think it has that perfect balance of it's as it operates and thinks as new as anybody else but is still has that legacy you know brand and that obviously that huge audience that that smaller in, entities don't necessarily have so let's focus more on uh, your current role so you're the performance marketing editor and interim brand marketing editor yes at adweek <laughs> so can you explain to our listeners a little bit about what the job entails essentially uh the idea of uh, of Adweek when I was first there again, it was there were three sister magazines. There was Adweek, Brand Week, and Media Week, and they've since 
been combined into one. So in a sense, uh, being a brand editor is being this this kind of mini magazine within a larger magazine or a larger publication. And the focus is what are the strategies and and issues that brands are dealing with? And that's kind of the perspective there. Um, a large part of what I see as, as the mission is to explain the the hows and whys of what brands are thinking about, what they're doing, what they're encountering in terms of communicating their message, in terms of creating brand awareness and maintaining brand affinity or building brand affinity. Or uh, it, ultimately, the idea of, of brand is is identity. And the the notion of identity, as it's communicated, it used to be just through products. And now it's you know, everyone knows everything about uh, the inside outs of a brand. People are fans and can express that through social media. And so part of that is what I'm helping to kind of navigate in that coverage, how that all fits together, where, you know, the idea of influences are such a big deal and how do, and how do they kind of also shape them, their identity as brand stewards, as brand ambassadors. Separately, performance marketing is is a very wide range of, of tools and strategies related to how do uh, advertisers, marketers uh, target individuals, uh, you know, through interactivity, uh, through social media channels, through the use of geolocation. Um, Direct mail is still is the oldest form of of interactivity in a way, and how that's being updated is another area that I'm focused on. What makes a good Ed Week story? And in terms of content creation, um, how is Ed Week magazine different than EdWeek.com, and how do you manage your content for each? I think you know essentially the idea is uh, an Ed Week story is something that speaks to what do people in the you know business on communications whether it's media whether they're a brand whether they're a a platform company whether they're a a marketing person trying to figure out what is going on and what what they should be thinking about or what they are trying to learn more of it's it's i think the idea for uh, any kind of trade publication is is to answer the question how do how do you help someone do their job better how do you be how do you help them be more knowledgeable about what is going on around them and that affects the work that they do and that the work that they're expected to do um, and how do they stay ahead of their both their competition and their and how do they respond to consumers and their their clients needs i think answering those questions across the board in a in a you know, minute area when it comes when you slice it according to uh, a media company or platform company or brand or advertiser from an agency to to a platform company. How do you, you know, how do you filter those bigger ideas of communication down to those individual verticals? That's and from from there uh, between the magazine and the, the 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 website. I think the website, you know, essentially we're all in this kind of mobile first world. So in a lot of ways the 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 website the mobile site has to reflect the the mission of the magazine which is that large explainer uh, sensibility and this high profile look into into something you want to be able to hold in your hands and be able to refer to not just at, in the minute but that's something that's going to be relevant a story that's going to be relevant a visual that's going to be relevant uh, you know for the next year or to remember that a year from now or years from now uh, the web website has to balance this sense of immediacy but also this level of of quick quick 
depth that people, you know, you can kind of find out everything in a moment from Twitter, but the idea of individual explanations and and how and why something is happening, that's where the website kind of fills in those in those gaps. But, you know, also and then, you know, hopefully reflects this more immediate sense of what the magazine is, which is obviously a slower old media concept. So overall, what do you see as the advertising and marketing trends that are going to be taking us forward? Are you seeing any uh, seismic shifts, especially innovations since the pandemic started? Yeah, I think that it's, you know, I think across the board, uh, it's accelerated all of the changes that were gradually gathering steam over the last few years, particularly the idea of of this mobile first idea, which has become maybe kind of a cliche and something that, oh, this is the year of mobile is something we've been hearing for the last decade. And I think figuring out what that means and how people use their phones as as a way of uh, both disseminating and accessing information and expressing you know, ideas and and identity um, about themselves, about the things that they're interested in, whether it's, you know, politics, obviously, or what they're interested in from, a, you know, just a, a, a consumer perspective. Those are all, that's all what's kind of happening much more quickly and is going to really cement the changes that we've seen. Um, I don't think there's, you know, there's always this kind of everyone's looking at their watch to see when do we go back to, you know, whatever it was before the pandemic. And I don't think there's really any going back. It's it's never we weren't going back anyway. But it's, there is looking to how does the use of just simple things like even in just the, the restaurant and bar world, this idea of QR codes was something that that's been playing around forever. And this is a kind of a small, very simple technology. But now in the age of you go to a restaurant or pick up something, you are looking at your a menu through a QR code. Now that's unlocking other ideas. And it seems like such a mundane technology compared to, you know, driverless cars maybe. But that is something that is going to change the way restaurants package their own information or the way that, you know, you deal with with an airline or a hotel in terms of the, the check-in process. Um, that's going to be a new window that ad, that all kinds of brands and marketers and businesses are going to have to figure out how to use in terms of that connection, that mobile connection, and having that something be meaningful uh, as both a utility, but also something that that surprises and delights people. It's a hard thing that people have been trying to solve, and I think this is this is forced. Uh, harder decisions and more creative thinking around, as I said, mundane, mundane things like a QR code on your phone. So speaking of restaurants and bars, what portion of Ed Wick's stories address the hospitality and travel industries? And has coverage been increasing lately? Yeah, it's it's definitely increased in the sense that the, the question is, where are we now? Where are we going? Is something that, as I said, every industry is, is desperately trying to, to figure out and discuss and see discussions of. And, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, hospitality falls under the, the brand's umbrella, uh, as well as, you know, things like, you know, commerce, uh, you know, social media. So that's all kind of wrapped up together. So restaurants and bars obviously touch on that, um, as well as, you know, brands from from beer to to spirits to wine. How are they being able to reach consumers when this 
distance, the social distance between you know consumers and the restaurants and places they go. It's there is uh, you know even if you are you know having dinner in a twenty five percent capacity place or just doing pickup and or or delivery, it changes the dynamic and it changes the way those businesses market. So that's that's an area that has obviously been. Uh, ramped up and has, has received a lot more focus. Whereas in the past, we might just do a general, what's a hotel chain doing? But now the individual restaurants and bars, uh, as well as major airlines and hotels are getting a lot more coverage from that. So we want to hear more about what these businesses are doing and how they are not only just trying to hang on, but how they're hanging on, but how they're trying to also build for the post-pandemic period, which uh, hopefully will be coming soon. Indeed. So what kind of innovations are you seeing in the advertising and marketing world? And what could we expect coming down the pike in terms of new ways to reach consumers? I think it's it's looking at ways to bridge that, as I said, more personal to mass role. The Super Bowl marathon, which is, is so obviously important to an advertising publication. And you know, it's interesting how the ratings were down significantly as expected for the for the broadcast because people weren't watching in bars uh, and they weren't watching at Super Bowl parties together. But the, the the idea of how that's impacted the the value of traditional advertising, you know, something that has been a mainstay throughout all the the talk of innovation in you know programmatic. You know, advertising, for example, that this has become a pillar. And now, as we look to the Oscars to see what is happening with traditional and how is traditional being, how is traditional advertising and marketing techniques, how are they being advanced, uh, particularly for you know people uh, on their second screen, which has become their first screen, mobile. Um, that is that is where it's happening, and how the idea of balancing uh, a mass brand message but making it personal. Uh, and feel personal is the you know is where the innovations are really happening. The idea that everyone is is kind of atomized to a certain extent. They're on they're on their own, but they're still having this this mass communication, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, still uh, or Twitter, obviously or Pinterest. To be featured in Adweek, do you need to undertake? paid advertising campaigns or is it simply people who are doing interesting things in marketing world i think it's the latter um you know i think the idea of just featuring a campaign is is it's it has to be obviously special and has to be somehow either reflective of uh larger the larger audience's interests um you know certainly whatever budweiser does is is probably going to be interesting um but but at the same time, uh, anyone who's just coming out of left field with an idea, uh, you know, marketing idea or advertising idea, uh, brand idea, that is is relevant. The way, the, as I said, the, the the overarching theme that I see Adweek as is the business of communications. Uh, how do businesses, you know, explain who they are? How do they reach? Uh, consumers, what, if they're doing something interesting, we're interested, and that's the bottom line. I think for for anyone who wants to be in in Adweek, uh, and we'll obviously <laughs> make that call. So, as you know, a lot of our listeners are chefs, bartenders, sommeliers. You know, a lot of them don't have the budget to run ad campaigns or marketing campaigns, but uh, they they still need to get the word out about themselves and their businesses. So, do you have any advice for what they should be doing? Yeah, uh, I think what we've seen from independent businesses 
in particularly has been absolutely just you know just gripping um one thing that comes to mind it's not a bar but uh um we featured a few weeks ago um local Brooklyn bookstore, uh, Greenlight Books in Fort Greene, had done this really interesting campaign. Uh, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tension between, you know, physical mom and pop shops and Amazon, obviously. And they had created this really amazing visual outside their store with all these boxes trying to attract attention uh, and get people to come in to a bookstore or at least go online to a local bookstore rather than Amazon and buy their books. And we were able to feature, this is a local, they have, I think, just two locations in New York, uh, but that was able to resonate with, with bookstores uh, and local businesses in general, and we were, you know, happy to feature that as an example of this is creativity that was not uh, a major ad spend, but it it was it punched much uh, much higher than its weight, and that is the kind of thing that, you know, uh, restaurants we've done things on restaurants do uh, bars doing interesting things with their their sandwich boards that are that are put outside the bars and having interesting messages there and the way that also is amplified on social media uh it the, the playing field is a lot more leveled than it has ever been and seeing what creativity uh especially from local bars and restaurants uh that is that is you know something that we can definitely that will definitely turn our heads so one of the things that we really enjoy about ad week is all the profile stories that you know, really look at the people behind the news. So, how are those folks chosen generally? Uh, I I think it's it, it all comes across as trying to actively look uh, to see who other people are 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 influenced by and who other people respect. Uh, you know, you can't just kind of nominate yourself to say, "Hey, uh, I deserve a cover because." I'm so wonderful. Uh, it's you just hear, you know, part of the job of any any news publication uh, that is focusing on a specific area of the world is to see who are people looking to, who are the people that are making the changes that are that are in leadership positions that are taking leadership positions and moving things forward, providing some level of direction uh for everybody else and i think those are those are the basic uh you know criteria that we look for in terms of who is someone who deserves the spotlight um i think especially now trying to look at not who are the same voices that we you know have come to expect but to look elsewhere and to again open the 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 lens a lot wider and into more areas than we've ever done before, which I think is incumbent upon every news publication. There's been the wait the the lens has been much too narrow and much too repetitive for too long. Uh, and as I said, there are people. This is an opportunity that people have seized to to drive change and how that's happening. Who who's doing it? That's who we profile. Do you have a advice for those without? any ad budgets who can raise their profile on social media, what should they be doing? I think being able to truly, you know, show, you know, who you are and express who you are as an individual, not just trying to be calculating about, oh, this is, you know, uh, this professional photo will stand out. I don't don't think so. I I mean, there are, the only way to stand out is to be, you know, 
be yourself, to be individual. That's that's the only way people will be interested in getting to know you. The the idea of, uh, as I said, uh, I think creativity is is generally spurred by limitations. If you have a biggest ad budget, you're probably just going to do something safe because you don't want to waste all that money. Whereas if you don't have anything, uh, you know, you can try anything. And and just just being, uh, as I said, uh, the word authentic, yep, just keeps coming up because it's it's the only thing that works. Having something to to express and being able to do it, you know, individ as an individual, not as just another this or that kind of brand. That's what makes you stand out, and you don't need a budget to, uh, particularly now, to be able to showcase who you are, what you're interested in, what you're what you're thinking about, and what you care about. One to one, it's all really one to one marketing, uh, one at a time, and it and it builds up quickly. You said earlier that you're open to receiving pitches. And, uh, you know, I'm sure our listeners are very anxious to know if there are any critical do's and don'ts for pitching you. Yeah, I, I would say, one, try to, you know, have that conversation first to see, you know, what I'm interested in. Like, if I know your name, that helps. Uh, and but two, the idea is that uh, you can tell in a second that this is just an email that has gone out to the spray and pray, you know, every journalist, uh, no matter what, and you know, it's not really meant for you. And so if it's not special, if I'm not special enough, and again, I understand no one has time to, you know, or the budget to talk to everyone in particular, but I think if you go slow, more slowly and you take time to one build relationship to see, Hey, um, you seem to cover, uh, this area of the marketplace. Um, you know, I'm doing something really different. Uh, but, you know, how would I get you interested? Basically asking, I think, to see what someone's interested in, as opposed to just sort of throwing something at them and hoping it catches their attention at the right moment is the best way. Um, think about how does someone get your attention? You know, you have to offer something in order to get something in return. You can't be just, please cover this. I'm going to be fired or something. Or my business is going to fail if you don't if you don't cover this, or you covered my competitor last week, why don't you just cover me? Uh, those kinds of ideas aren't going to fly, but the idea that I'm offering your readers something interesting, I'm offering uh, you some insight that you don't have, uh, that is what, you know, figuring out what's valuable to the person you want to reach, that is, I think, just goes for any kind of relationship, as opposed to, you know, just check me out. <laughs> All about relationship building. Yeah. So we call our show Hospitality Forward because we are optimistic about our industry and we know we are going to bounce back. So do you have any individuals or organizations, in your opinion, that stand out as we're moving hospitality forward? You know, I, I do think, um, you know, Sean Feeney and the, the Roar organization have done an amazing job. I think, you know, uh, obviously I've been watching, you know, the the just the misery that restaurants are in with constantly being buffeted by the rule by ever-changing rules and regulations and uh closing oh sorry it's it's about to snow everyone close now um you know and and being on the front lines in so many ways of safety and i think that war has has really done such great work in in you know being responsible in their messaging not 
just sort of demanding that restaurants all be open indoors with 100% capacity. I think, and I think they've, I think they've been smart in in that communication. So that off the top of my head, uh, that's it's it's good to see you know local you know independent restaurants have uh, this ability to to come together and have a champion that hopefully will will benefit all of them because we all need to eat and just having a clamshell lettuce and produce is not going to get us through this we kind of need restaurants for the for the joy as well as for the the economic stability of of cities towns and the the country at large the world at large so that's that's they are they are literally the the front line apart from from the healthcare workers Mm-hmm. And and really the backbone of of so many communities and so much of our day to day life and culture. Yeah. So now for the listener question segment of our show, we have a question from Amanda Stackman, marketing director of Fever Tree USA. And Amanda is a marketing veteran of many years and a big fan of Adweek. She asks, in your opinion, what should beverage brands be doing that they currently aren't doing to market themselves most effectively? In a post-COVID world, uh, I really loved uh, the last few years of this idea of brand ambassadors. And you know, at first, I kind of looked at it as, well, you know, no one maybe wants to be a, a, a bartender forever, and this is kind of a good career transition. But the idea is that bartenders uh, are people who you, as a consumer, trust, and the relationships that uh, spirits brands, if we're talking about them in particular. Um, you know, have struck with them. I think that that's been such a great, great thing to see. And it's not a feeling that, you know, that they are just become, you know, just trying to hawk something. But these are people who've worked with and know these, these tastes so well. And the, you know, I love when I can go into a bar and someone knows what, oh, you should try this. You will, you'll, you'll love it. And I think the way those spirit brands can, as I said, support those bars who need it. Um, is is important, and I think that you know the idea is there are an endless amount of, of brands, and the way you stand out is by having an advocate who has developed trust with 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 their consumers directly. Uh, you you really can't ask for someone better than to have a a brand ambassador who has that reach now. With especially I you know watch a a, a number of bartenders I admire uh, on social media uh, doing their you know, doing their you know, sort of evangelizing to consumers. And I think, you know, when we can't be in bars, uh, having people who can speak to many through, uh, you know, social media is, 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 is essential. And it's not just something that, oh, hey, here, just let's just send this guy a bottle and hopefully he'll talk about it. I think, you know, collaborating with those bartenders and knowing what and respecting them and knowing what they, uh, you know, the, what their audience wants to hear I think that's the best way to go. So before we go, what's the best way for our listeners to contact you to pitch their stories? Well, let's see. Uh, there's, you know, obviously, you know, I obviously answer Instagram messages, Hannah, as you know. So that is yes. good, obviously. <laughs> but I think that the best way is uh, to, you know, email me at david.kaplan at adweek.com. Instagram is David A. Kaplan. Uh, and uh, it's it's the same on Twitter as well. So it's two for one. 
So, David, it's been so wonderful talking with you, and hopefully we'll see you at one of our favorite bars and share a cocktail or two soon. Here's to that. And again, thank you both. You betcha. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. See you later. As a huge fan of Ed Week for many years, so wonderful to hear David's insights. Not to mention, he's such a loyal supporter of our hospitality community. Now that you know what David covers, please feel free to pitch him your story ideas and mention that you heard him on our podcast. We have a lot of exciting media guests in the pipeline as well. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review and tell your friends and colleagues who you think would benefit from the tips journalists share on our show. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together. <laughs>